Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 90 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder is the blog writing service for IT businesses. We craft content that converts website visitors into customers with 100% unique, SEO-ready, professionally written blog posts delivered on a consistent schedule. We also help you get the word out via social media posts and high-quality branded videos, all customized for your business and content. Learn more at techblogbuilder.com. It's also brought to you by Tech Site Builder. Tech Site Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean, professional, and effective website up and running for your IT business. Save time and frustration with Tech Site Builder. Learn more at techsitebuilder.com. On today's show, we have Ramey Bell on of Tech Reputation, and he's going to talk about your online business assets. What are they, and how can you leverage these assets to grow your business? Plus, we'll talk about the Facebook outage, and we'll talk about a service where you can find marketing apprentices to work for your business for only $50 a month. All that and so much more, coming up right now. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every other Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page and click on the following tab and select see first so that the live stream will jump to the top of your feed. Yep. And, uh, and we love to see you guys here live, of course, because then you can ask questions and interact with us as we're doing the show. And we love to see you guys here. Um, uh, speaking of going live on Facebook, did everyone survive the face apocalypse <laughs> that happened yesterday where Facebook was down or glitchy or wasn't quite working right for a lot of people across the world? Um, or did you even notice, you know, if you didn't notice good for you, because that means that your life isn't spent living in Facebook, like, like me, for example, um, because I have a lot of groups I run on Facebook and I do a lot of, um, nurturing of my audiences and leads and, and following up with people and stuff. So I, I, I do, I have put a lot of my effort into Facebook and, uh, and, you know, it, it, then you find out when something like that happens that, uh, you know, these things that you use online um, can disappear or can glitch or cannot work right at any moment. And uh, speaking of that, that's what our topic today is going to be about, not about the Facebook glitch, but about your online assets in general and how um, just like, you know, you build physical assets for your business, like your storefront, your equipment. Um, your employees, your business name, all of that stuff are assets for your business. Um, the, the online assets that you have are just as important. Things like your website, your social media accounts, um, and, uh, and your email list uh, is another good one. Um, and some of the content you generate online, all of those are assets that can help grow your business and drive your business forward. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about that concept with our guest today, Ramey Bell. And we know Ramey from, uh, he is the um, founder of Tech Reputation, and he also runs a remote IT support business out there in uh, Seattle, Washington. So we will uh, be chatting with him shortly. But uh, in the meantime, um, 
Paco, did you uh, have any, uh, or did you notice the the Facebook outage yesterday? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're one of those one of those lucky people who actually have a life outside of Facebook. No, 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 don't get me wrong. I always am on Facebook, but yesterday was just so busy that I didn't get a chance to notice that there was an issue. Right. Um, so that's a good thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's interesting because what I noticed is, you know, there's some people I follow on Facebook and stuff and they, they like have live streams that they do like this show, for example, and they couldn't do it yesterday because Facebook wasn't working right. And so they had to either reschedule or skip it or something like that. And so that just goes to show you, like, if you build your business and you, you rely on these, these types of things that you're using through these third-party services, um, you know, just remember that, <laughs> that they can go down and they, they can have problems. And I don't think Facebook ever really said what, what, the, what the issue was. Um, but, you know, you kind of get what you pay for, right? You, you, we use Facebook for free. And, uh, and as far as a free service, it's pretty dang reliable, right? It, it rarely goes down. It's very fast. It's always available. Um, so when it does go down, we really notice it. But, you know, it's, it's kind of be something, one of those things that you really just got to have to kind of roll with and, uh, and expect it's going to happen. I wonder, like, if Facebook ads were affected and if someone, you know, is paying for ads during that time, you know, is that going to be an issue? Um, that would be interesting. Like their ads are showing, but nobody's on Facebook to see them kind of thing. Right. So that, that would be interesting to see if there's any blowback about that. Hmm. Um, speaking of, uh, <laughs> Jason in the comments said, Hey, your feet is down. <laughs> funny, <laughs> funny guy. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Tom in the, uh, in the Facebook chat there. Uh, so, um, speaking of social media, uh, a tool that I'm going to be trying out here, uh, that I just heard about is called Loomly, L-O-O-M-L-Y. And this is a social media management tool. And this is a good one. If you manage social media for your clients, um, this is this is one that I think is going to be good to use. And this is one I'm going to start using for tech blog builder customers. But it's it's where you can, it's really built for managing clients' social media accounts. So you can group a bunch of social media accounts into like a client group and then create a calendar around that particular client. And then the client can log in and look at the posts that you've created and approve them or suggest changes or updates. Um, so it's very friendly to having collaborating with clients around their social media. So I'm looking forward to checking that out and seeing if that can help kind of smooth the process of doing the uh, social media management for tech blog builder. Because if that goes well, I think I'll be expanding that service a little bit. Um, because, uh, you know, that's something that a lot of techs or computer business owners just don't have time for and, uh, and, or they could be doing a better job of it, frankly. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's one thing that we might branch out a little bit because once you get the hang of it and once you have a system, it's really easy to do it and it's really easy to replicate it for other people. So, uh, that's something I'll be looking into and letting you guys know how that goes. And then another new service that I'm trying, and this one seemed a little too good to be true, and I'm finding out it might be, is called <laughs> GenM. Um, it's at genm.co, and it's, it's a marketplace where, um, number one, if you're like a recent college graduate or if you're changing careers and you want to learn about marketing, it's a place you can go to take free online courses about marketing. But the best part about it is the other side of the marketplace is business owners like me who want to hire like apprentices or um, uh, interns to do marketing for their business. 
you basically pay Gen M 50 bucks a month to get an intern working for you for 40 hours a month, um, which is really cool. So basically they're pitching it as, you know, the people who sign up to learn on their platform are going to get hands-on work experience um, by being paired up with business owners. So right now I, I signed up for it. I'm going through the process where I'm choosing um, the apprentice is what they call them that I want to work for or that I want to work for me. And, uh, and so it's kind of like, you know, Upwork or any of those kind of employment marketplaces where you can see people's profiles and you can, you know, chat with them and ask them questions and stuff. Um, so it's, it seemed, you know, really good, great, right? 50 bucks a month to have someone working for you doing marketing for 40 hours a month. That's, uh, that's pretty great. Um, you can't beat that price for sure. Um, one of the kind of, one of the catches for it is that, uh, this person is an apprentice, which means they expect to be learning while they're working for you. So you kind of have to guide them and maybe teach them how to do certain things. So really, you should be bringing on this person to take over something that you're doing yourself, whether it's you know social media or whether it's creating blog posts or graphics or videos or you know they, they can do Google AdWords for you. They can do Facebook ads. So if it's something you're doing that you want to kind of hand off and kind of train someone to do for you, um, this is a great opportunity. And so the, the apprentice will work for you for three months. And then at the end of the three months, you can either choose another apprentice to work with, or you can hire that apprentice as your own employee uh, for whatever terms that you want to, you know, you want to do. So for the, for the apprentices on Gen, Gen M, it's kind of a opportunity for them to maybe get hired by someone um, and kind of, you know, do on the job training and stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of cool. I, I'm, I'm trying it out so far. I'm finding the quality of candidates hit or miss because again, they're not, they're not really, they're not experts. So they can say what they're interested in and they can say what they're looking for. Also the age range is very broad. There are high school students in there and there are retirees in there and everything in between. So, uh, so that's something that's good because then you have a pool of different ages to pull from. If you'd rather work with someone more experienced, you can do that. Um, a lot of time, the, the older folks or the retirees or the people my age are trying to switch careers. So they're coming from, you know, one career. They want to learn marketing. So they're, they're trying to switch careers and get some, some, uh, some experience. And then, of course, you got the high school kids or, or, or the college graduates who are just, you know, trying to get a head start on their marketing career as well. So I've got a couple interviews lined up with folks on there, um, and we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm kind of nervous about having to train someone and then, and then, you know, see how that goes. I've never really had to do that before as far as, you know, I expect when I bring someone on board that they have skills and they know how to do stuff. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of thinking about going with someone older or more experienced at least. So maybe even though they're switching careers, they still have experience working in a job uh, and, you know, being on time and, and being reliable and that kind of thing. So I'm... Uh, curious to see how that works and I'll let you guys know how that goes. Should be interesting. Yeah. Um, but I put the link there and I'll have the link in the show notes if you guys want to check that out for yourself. Um, uh, and sorry, uh, guys, I forgot to um, introduce my co-host here, Paco LeBron, who is with me every week, hanging out, talking marketing, and he is out there in the trenches running his business. What have you been up to lately, Paco? Oh, you know, this and that same old grind as usual. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that kind of, as you mentioned about systems is I picked up a client that does a lot of video encoding at, at live events. So hmm. they are 
they're primarily a software company, but they ended up entering the hardware game because they could not find um, a PC good enough to apply as their appliance. Um, so they're building it basically custom, but they're taking resources from an engineer who can be doing other things. So we're running through a trial right now, and they want me to set up four rack-mounted um, server boxes, apparently, specifically. And, um, you know, probably we'll start turning even more if it turns out to be a good relationship. Um, right. Sounds like that they had a lot of bad experience with some IT companies before, um, you know, missing details like screws are missing, um, things aren't fitting properly, they're falling apart, you know, things like that. And it was a big nightmare for them. So sounds like, you know, if they start turning these pretty often, you know, I could probably find myself building four to five machines a month per se, and maybe even get somebody in here to do that for me while I'm working on some other stuff. But it's a good change of pace because I used to love building custom machines back in the day, but right. just never found the demand for it here. Yep. Um, and, you know, now main OEM PCs are so cheap now that it makes more sense to get those. Right. So it just didn't make sense for me to kind of pursue that. So, Interesting change um, should be cool, and uh, yeah, we'll kind of see how that kind of that project works, and see if they're a recurring client like my others. That should be a fun one. Yep. And then last, uh, pretty much probably the most notable one that I got going on for the next couple of weeks is um, I'll be actually moving into my own office um, versus being at the dedicated desk that I've mentioned. Um, kind of I've talked to everyone saying that you know I went from. Being a uh, virtual office with just an address to a full-time virtual office for two days out of the month to going back all the way to um, now a dedicated desk where I've been for the last maybe eight months now. And, you know, going into getting a new office that it opened up and met the right price range. Now I don't have to share an office with anybody else. I can have big old boxes like that around and not <laughs> yeah. have anybody bother me and actually have my own space, um, which has been what I've been working for. So um, should be good. Have space for now my um, admin to come in and yeah, that's pretty much yeah, it. So then maybe you I can get your own plants behind you and everything. Yeah, exactly. Set up some lighting, get some good. So awesome. it'll be a it'll be a good transition. Got some good stuff going on. Living situation is changing, so it's allowing me to um, kind of expand a little bit more and put my uh, feet to the fire a little bit faster to get some stuff done. So sweet. Moving on up, love it. Cool. Um, uh, so if you guys want to move on up, then uh, sign up for the Computer Business Marketing Newsletter because that is where you will get expert advice in your inbox every week about how to market your computer business, stuff like this podcast, for example, um, stuff like uh, expert um, articles from around the internet, from marketing uh, guru websites and places uh, where you can learn new things. And uh, then we always have the tip of the week in those newsletters to give you a little jolt of motivation to help you get through the week. So sign up for that at Computer Business marketing.com. All right. And then before we get into our featured topic, just want to uh, give a shout out to our first sponsor, and that is Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder is the blog writing service for IT businesses. Uh, at Tech Blog Builder, what we do is we write 100% original blog posts for your computer business. 
Um, it, you know, none of it is, is like republished or taken from anywhere else. 100% unique. We get to know your business. We get to understand the topics that, that you care about and that your customers care about. And then our expert copywriters will craft a blog article that is engaging, that makes people want to read it to the end, that gives them lots of good information, that sets you up as an expert, and it's good for SEO. So it's kind of a, a, a bunch of different factors that go into a good blog post and why it's really important as a business owner to be blogging regularly. And if you don't have time or you're just not a great writer, then definitely give us, uh, give us, a, a, give us a look. Uh, head on over to techblogbuilder.com. We also have some packages where you can get social media posts like we were talking about earlier and um, videos that you can then post on social media. And we post those for you, actually. So we'll get connected to your social media accounts and we'll post, th- post the, uh, the blogs and the videos on your behalf. But you can also take those videos and post them on your website or um, share them in other ways. So those videos are yours. Those blog posts are yours. Once we create them for you, you can do whatever you want with them. And they are, uh, getting into our topic today, they are your asset that you can take and use and uh, try to make the most of. So again, check out that service at techblogbuilder.com. Speaking of assets, a great asset to the show is Ramey Bell. He is the founder of Tech uh, Reputation, which is a service that can help you get uh, good reviews online and then make the most of those reviews by putting them on your website. Um, The service also helps you um, get uh, your business listings in order and accurate, um, uh, among a bunch of other stuff. So um, he is on the show today to talk about the importance of the business assets that you have in your business, how to what they are, how to take care of them, um, and how they can affect your bottom line. Welcome to the show, Ramey. How you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Excellent, excellent. I'm out there in the trenches like Paco, just online. <laughs> right. You're in the online trench. <laughs> and I don't have a plant yet. Sorry. You guys are slacking, man. We got to get you all. <laughs> Everyone should have plants. It just adds an extra pop of color, right? Give, give, add a little life to your, your video interviews. So, uh, Ramey, we've had you on the show before to talk about, you know, reputation management and the importance of your reputation online and the service you provide through Tech Reputation. Um, so we're not going to dig too much into that, but um, if you want to kind of catch us up on what you've been up to since the last time we had you on the show, how's your business doing? How's Tech Reputation doing? How's life? Wow, that's a lot to answer. <laughs> Tech reputation is going good. Um, just building more and more customers. Um, the results that my customers are getting are uh, positive. And uh, as I'll talk about in a few minutes, uh, uh, great assets to their business, uh, especially from a local SEO standpoint, which my product uh really helps out with. Right. And you, um, I know Nathan Drager, who we had on the show um, a couple episodes ago, um, is, is been having, he's been telling me at least that he's been having great results with uh, Tech Reputation and his business has been growing like wildfire. So this seems to definitely be helping him. He does a lot in his business and um, he's one that's taking advantage of that asset. Definitely. Right. Awesome. And then you also, uh, on top of that, you also run a uh, IT services business, um, mostly remote, right? It's a remote 
MSP, but it's for residential. Right. I have about 300 endpoints on that, but it doesn't take a lot of time to to manage that. So the majority of my time, about 90% of it's with tech reputation. So yeah, awesome. having a good time. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to set up a business, right? Just have it be almost on autopilot, um, m- a majority of hands-off. Um, do you still like advertise and get new customers for that business? Or are you just kind of, you know, sitting with what you got for now? Sitting with what I got for now, because I'm focusing on tech reputation. But I, you know, I have quite a few and I still get referrals. So I don't take, I don't say no to that business. And, you know, like you said, it's great having recurring revenue every month. pretty much where I am with the, with the web development business as well. I, I'm not looking for new customers and I'll get referred new customers every now and then. And um, sometimes I'll take them on, sometimes I won't. But I still have like, you know, uh, a handful of customers that I'm just monitoring and maintaining and updating their websites and stuff. And it's like you, it's really low, you know, um, not a lot of work and not a lot of, you know, of my time needs to be in there, but it's just something that, that continues to generate recurring revenue. Uh, and it's a, uh, it's a great asset. And uh, speaking of assets, that's what we're going to talk about today. So you, um, so we were chatting on Facebook and you were letting me know um, that uh, you wish that other business owners would kind of take their online um, uh, assets more seriously and, and look at kind of the, the things they do online as revenue generators and, and pay more attention to it and spend more time. So why don't you kind of, um, you know, summarize what you were thinking there and, and why you think this is an important topic to talk about? Sure. Well, a lot of, a lot of business owners, majority of them, when they think about the, the physical assets of their business, they take very seriously, you know, it's their signage, their office space, their customer lists, um, the tools, the software they use. Um, but when it comes to online, some of them, you know, a good majority don't take it as seriously, mostly because, it, you know, can be expensive and time consuming. Um, but what I wanted to go over is what are some of those assets and what can you do with some of those assets and how they affect your bottom line. Um, the most obvious online asset your website. Right. Uh, that's that's number one. Um, and there's several things that go underneath that, including some of the services you offer that make that website even more powerful for your business. Um, but before I get into that, I was going to mention one that's almost become the new website nowadays and that's Google my business mm, page. Right. And it's not, it's not just a directory listing anymore or just another set of maps. They're allowing you to add photos, videos, and now just recently adding posts about your business. And those posts can be a product post, you know, a sale, you know, what your business is, is up to what's new. And, that's a very powerful asset to have if you if you update that regular if you update that on a regular basis. Yeah, and that that seems to be the, almost the the primary asset for a local business uh, is that um, Google My Business listing because that's going to affect your ranking in the map pack, which is um, what shows up above the organic search results. Um, so a lot of times when people are searching for local services like you know, 
IT services, computer repair, or even other things like, you know, I don't know, uh, deck repair or house cleaning or whatever, um, they're going to see that map first and they're probably going to click on something in that map because it's very pleasing to the eye and it's got the reviews underneath and it's got, you know, the, the, the little pin where you're located and all that stuff. And so it's very, they, the Google's done a really good job of making that very eye catching and making you want to click on it and, and to learn more. And uh, the more you fill out your Google My Business profile, the more accurate it is, the more you consistently add to it and add new things to it, the more that's going to help, um, along with the reviews, uh, you know, get you higher on that, that listing. Yeah, how complete your listing is is what helps you rank higher, has been, been noted publicly. Um, how you rank in the, used to be the, eight or 10 pack. Now it's down to this three. Right. And That's the competition is kind of fierce for that. It's pretty rough trying to get into the three, especially if you're in a, a, a big metropolitan area like Paco is. I'm sure he, he sees that in his, uh, in his business. Right. That brings up a point that this is a question I've heard asked a lot and I have my own answer for it, but I'm curious, Ramey, to get your answer. Um, what if someone who, for example, um, you know, has a business, uh, I'll use my area, for example, I have a business out here in a suburb of Washington, D.C. My town is Germantown, Maryland. It's, you know, a relatively small town, but that's where my physical location is. But I also want to show up for my surrounding area, some of the more populated areas, even D.C. You know, I'm, I'm willing to drive out to D.C. and service customers there. That's where all the big customers are. I want to show up at the top of the search results for Washington, D.C. Is that something uh, that I can do through the Google My Business listing? Should I have another listing in D.C.? Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? On the Google My Business, if I, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, you can put in service locations now. Okay. And so that's the best way to do it. Ah, okay. You used to be able to say like a service area. Yeah. Is, it, is, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then um, there's other ways on your local efforts on your website where you can include that as well right. as a service area. You know, not spamming every page with Washington, D.C., but you can have a local page about Washington, D.C. and use what's called schema markup that tells Google this is a service business and this is a service area of this business. Right. Yeah, I think doing those hand in hand, the Google My Business service area designation, and then the the dedicated page on your website for that location with schema markup. Um, and if you don't know what that is, look it up. It's just HTML tags that you add to your website mm -hmm. code um, around certain information to tell Google that hey, this information is you know this about this in my business, and it pertains to this, and you know that kind of thing. The next one I wanted to talk about uh, when, with regards to the website is SEO, um, both regular SEO and local SEO because they are kind of two different animals. Uh, business owners don't understand SEO. It can be expensive. There's no guaranteed results. So I don't, I don't envy anyone that sells that service nowadays because, because you're really up against those um, feelings from business owners. Right. You know, that, that's something I struggle with too, because, you know, people, I build websites for people and they ask me, you know, Hey, I, can you do SEO for me? 
And a lot of times I'm hesitant. And what I like to do instead is provide services that will boost your SEO kind of as a side benefit. So that's like tech blog builder and in tech site builder, you know, making sure the on-site SEO and the, 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 um, uh, the, you know, the meta tags and all of the, the technical stuff is good. Um, and that's just going to help SEO because when, when people specifically order SEO services, they're expecting specific results and they're like, you know, I'm spending thousands of dollars on this. I better be at the top of page one for, you know, whatever keyword that I want. And, uh, and we're learning, especially now that that's not how it works and it's getting harder and harder to force that. You just have to, you know, do the best practices and do what you can. Um, and, and then Google will hopefully, you know, see you as, as doing the right thing and, and help promote you. What are, what are some things that you're saying are, are working well these days in, in SEO? Exactly what you're doing with your services, uh, content marketing, you know, through, through blogging, um, and not only just throwing up a, blo- a blog about, you know, hey, I do computer repair, but more uh, doing educational marketing. That's what really helps. Mm-hmm. To um, that's a benefit, not just for search engines, but for prospects too. So they learn to know I can trust you before they even pick up the phone and call you. Right. And and taking that information and turning it into different assets like video, posting it on social media, that just takes your asset and um, syndicates it all over the place. Right. So that blog post is really uh, an important business asset and one that you can take with you to different places and use in different ways and repurpose. And we've talked about that before on the show, take a blog post, create a video around it, create a podcast around it. Um, you know, post it on social media and just, you know, take that one piece of content and use it over and over again, send it in your newsletter, and then it's going to live on forever on your website. So it's going to continue to, you know, generate SEO and be, you know, helpful content that's on your site that could get found by people. Now, how does, so uh, what what is the differentiation then between local SEO and regular SEO? Local SEO, um, you spend more time with directories and making sure that your business information is accurate. The acronym for that is NAP, N-A-P, name, address, and phone number. So what Google looks for is accuracy. When, when they're trying to rank a business that's legitimate, they want to see consistency. And so when they see consistency through all the directories out there and then they see that same consistent information on your website with schema markup that just helps them rank you more and combining that with reviews and, and other things look, uh, traditional SEO is more content based on your website and links pointing back to them. So it's, they're both equally a lot of work. Definitely. And so the local SEO is going to help you show up when people are searching for your services in their area. Right. Uh, whereas regular SEO, um, you could end up ranking nationally for those terms. You know, you had someone in, in another state could be searching for the term and, and, and find your business. Um, but, it, but they both feed into each other, right? The more you focus on local SEO, that's going to help your regular SEO. The more you focus on the content for the regular SEO, that's going to help boost you locally as well. Right. 
Yeah, they work hand in hand, definitely. Cool. All right. Um, what? What? So, website and SEO um, that makes sense together. What? What other kind of online assets are we talking about here? One that uh, many forget about um, that ties in with your your customer list and is one of the the best forms of ROI is your uh, developing an email list. Right. For for marketing, it can be a, a, a newsletter, it can be promotions. Um, there's there's several ways of using it for education as well, and also using it to drive traffic back to your website, and that's a, a valuable asset. Right, and it's an asset that needs to consistently be nurtured. Um, so it's one thing to collect a, a collection of emails, great, but then what? And uh, and so that's where like newsletters come in, and uh, and um, and you know one thing that I've been and you'll notice if you signed up for or you 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 requested membership to the computer business marketing group recently on Facebook, I have a question where I ask you, hey, do you want to sign up for our newsletter? If so, let me know your email address. And I'm doing that because of like what happened yesterday, right? Where Facebook could go down at any time, and I have all these great folks hanging out in this computer business marketing group. But if Facebook goes away or they change their thing and they get rid of groups or something, all of those people in my group are going to be gone and I'm not going to have a way to communicate with them, which is why you know I'm, I'm asking them for the email address. It's totally voluntary, but if they provide it, then I can send them the newsletter. And then you know, if something does happen to Facebook, I can send all those people an email saying, hey, you know, Facebook died, let's, let's hop over to whatever else the new fangled thing is. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so it's, yeah, that's definitely one of my most important assets, even more than the website. Again, if the website goes away, you still have that list of people who were interested or were once interested or might be interested in what you do. And you can continue to, uh, you know, you can say, Hey guys, my website went away. I have a new website over here or, you know, something to that effect. Um, and it's, it's definitely Super, super important. What's nice about your newsletter is it's it's got a nice balance of educational content and promotional content and also driving traffic back to your Facebook group. And that's another another asset that um, that you have is is the Facebook group. Not every local business can have has a, a local Facebook group, but there's no reason why they couldn't. Um, if they're in a trade that, that makes sense to have one. Yeah. I really think people are sleeping on Facebook groups and I really would encourage everyone to at least try to start a Facebook group. And it, it can be about anything. I think one that's really good for it service businesses is some kind of local, um, business owners group. Like, you know, um, I can do, you know, uh, DC area, um, web developer group or DC area services group. And it's kind of like a meetup or something like that, but it's, it's a group on Facebook and you can, you know, invite people and add people and add value and have content. And, and then over time you'll start to attract the people who would like to work with you. And then they'll see you as an expert and they'll want to hire you, but that's not what the group is set up to do. The group is set up to help fellow business owners or, Maybe it's around, like if, if you're targeting dentists, maybe it's around, you know, the, the software that dentists use most often or, you know, tech help for dentists or something like that. Um, and, and you can create that group and, and it's, it's a great way to build trust. 
um, build loyalty and uh, and get people to to try out your services. I've had lots of folks who uh, tried out one of my services based on them just being in the group and and hanging out a little bit. And then another cool thing about the group is once you have some of your customers in the group, and then someone else asks a question like, "Hey, you know, my my email's acting up, and and I don't know what to do." Uh, then someone will chime in, "Hey, you know, Matt happens to do that kind of work, um, and and he's great, and I love his services. Why don't you you give him a call or something?" Um, so it's a, it turns into a referral generation machine, and it just there's there's so many great things uh, about Facebook groups, and and I really encourage folks to to try them out and give give it time because it's it takes a while to grow it, it takes a while to get it to critical mass. I think Facebook waits for you to have like 300 members or so before it starts really promoting your group. And once Facebook starts promoting your group in the sidebar and stuff like that, they do it for free. You don't have to buy ads. They just are promoting your group to other people who might be interested. Facebook you know, knows so well who's going to be interested in your group that you just start getting people coming into your group left and right without you having to do anything. It's, it's great. Um, so I, I can't recommend Facebook groups enough. So my thing about Facebook groups and why I don't do it right. is Let's hear the um, other side of the coin. <laughs> is two two reasons I'm worried about. One, I don't have the time to manage one. And it's a pain to try and have to go through the filtering and go through it and engaging. You know, I could be doing that on my website, could be doing that on social media posts, things like that, or going to Tech Block Builder and they'll take care of it for us, <laughs> you know, for me. Um and the other side of it is what if all of a sudden, you know, it's a flurry of what's the what's the safe word to say? A flurry of complaints uh in the group. Now it could be not necessarily on your services, but it could be of X that started it and, and then it's a big avalanche of stuff to do. So to go in there, monitor it, disable the comments, things like that. That's why I personally probably won't be doing a Facebook group right uh, on there. But I understand the benefits depending on the industry. I think for myself, that pain is a lot more than hiring a service to do it for me. Right. Yeah. You know, I haven't, I haven't experienced anything like that with Facebook groups. Every now and then you'll get a spammer or something like that, but groups are pretty good at self-policing. So before I see that post, someone will mark it as spam or let me know about it. And then I just look at it, click a button to, to delete it and block the person and it's gone. So, I mean, it, what I've done is, for example, in the computer business marketing group is I'll spend, this is what I used to do. I'll spend, you know, maybe half a day, once a month, filling up my buffer with a bunch of posts that I want to post to the group and then just let it go. And then it'll continue to drip out those posts to the group over time to keep people engaged or whatever. And then I'll poke my head in to, to see what's going on. But the computer business marketing group is, is pretty self-sufficient at this point. And people ask questions, other people answer it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, doesn't take a lot of time at all. So, you know, yeah, that, that is definitely a valid concern, but I would still, I don't know. I would still try it. Um, the worst that could happen is you don't like it and then you could just kill the group. No harm, no foul. Um, but for me, the, the, the potential of some, some issue like that happening, it's far less than the benefit I'm getting from the group. So like you said, it's a cost benefit, you know, and you got to, got to weigh both sides of it and it doesn't work for every industry and it doesn't work for every business. But I, I think it can work for a lot more people than they that, than think it can work for. Um, and, uh, and it's, you can even create a group uh, for, you know, other, 
other computer business owners um, where it's like a referral group. And I kind of have this in the web design business where I, I created a group. It's a, it's, we call it a mastermind group, but it's a Facebook group where there's maybe two dozen uh, of a fellow web developers in it. And we each kind of focus on different things. There's one person that focuses on SEO. There's one person that focuses on um, design another one on PHP, another one on, you know, server setup and stuff like that. And so we each have our own niche and we'll refer customers to each other depending on, on you know, what, what we need. Um, so that's another cool kind of side thing you can do with Facebook groups. So there, there's, there's a lot of ways to get creative with it. I was trying to think of an example of a, of a, a business owner that might use it um, besides IT. Um, and one, one that came to mind was like maybe a plumber or somebody like that, but even better than that, um, a home building contractor, he has a lot of subcontractors and he could have, um, Washington DC area home improvement tips because a lot of people will search for Washington DC in Facebook just to see what kind of groups are out there, what kind of pages are out there. And that would be a way for all of them to, to contribute. Um, on an equal basis and refer business to one another. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a, a great example. And so then you can get into maybe providing Facebook groups as a service, right? You can set up Facebook groups like that for the home contractor company who, you know, doesn't know how to use Facebook or doesn't understand it. You can set up their group for them and, uh, and, you know, charge them a fee for that. And, and then, Hey, by the way, this group is sponsored by, Prodigy Techs or, um, you know, whatever group, you know, whatever your business is. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say Paco should add that to his list of menu of services. Yeah. And he, so uh, just something to think about. Another uh, online asset that's kind of up there with Google My Business as far as gaining more importance is video. And we see that, you know, on Facebook and scrolling through on your phone and those darn autoplay videos, but videos here to stay and whether you like it or not. And it's, it's a, it's a nice way to run ads on Facebook, um, to showcase the product or service that you offer. Um, one thing that people don't, or people might not think about is having video on your website increases the, time they spend on a page if they're watching it and google looks at that in their rankings um, especially if it's on an inner page and you put a video at the bottom of the page and they engage with that video they spend that amount of time and google looks at that as a positive as as okay this this site is a, a reputable site yeah i like the idea of having video on uh, different pages on your website, especially video that can like, uh, and it, it doesn't have to be super fancy or super slick or super highly mm -hmm. produced or anything. It can just be you, you know, sitting there with your, your headset on saying, Hey, this, you know, I just want to talk to you a little bit about my virus removal service. Here's what you can expect. Here's, you know, the process we go through and uh, the guarantees we make and how long it's going to take and all of that stuff. And just, you know, sometimes that'll put someone at ease when they land on your page and they're like, who is this company? You know, I'm, I'm tech phobic. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And you can kind of, you know, walk through what, what the service is. And, and then, like you said, you know, they're going to spend more time on your site. They're going to feel at ease. They're going to learn more about your business. 
And, uh, and like you said, videos are assets in that you could put them on your website. You can take that video, put it on YouTube. You can take that video, create a Facebook ad out of it, and you can use it in lots of different ways. So you're taking that asset and kind of pouring fire on it and using it in lots of different ways. I wanted to go back to content marketing real quick. Um, actually, before that one, one more. Um, a mobile responsive website is is key too because it's important as as a um, use from a use, usage standpoint for your your customers. Google looks at it as important, and it's just a, a a requirement because everybody uses their phones today. And you can't, it's just something you just can't ignore. On, on the content marketing, um, if someone's, if you're interested in reading a, a case study and what content marketing can do to a business, specifically a blog, um, do a Google search for um, River Pools. I think they're out of Virginia. And the company was just, just about ready to, to go under and one of the principals, one of the owners, um, decided one last straw was he was going to be a content monster. And he wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And what he wrote about was all 100% educational marketing, inbound pools, um, out of ground pools, however, whatever you call them, um, benefits of each, what the makeup of each pool is, and he even went into pricing. And he had hundreds of pages, turned his business around, in the largest distributor of of pools in the United States, and um, he wrote a book. I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it. Um, uh, customers ask, I think is something you answer. I think the name of the book is, and it was a great case study on what you can do with content marketing, especially when it's from an educational standpoint. Cool. Yeah. I mean, and it's amazing how, you know, a business like, um, you know, pools, pool sales and stuff like that, you wouldn't think that, you know, having a huge blog and doing lots of posting and videos and stuff would really make a difference, but this really works in any industry where, you know, you need to educate the customer and give them, you know, things that they could find online and stumble upon and continue to keep them engaged. And, you know, if it can work for a pool company, it can definitely work for an IT company. What was interesting too, is he would look at the leads and where they came from on his website and the leads that spent the most time on his website, reading the blog were almost ready to make a decision before, before the salesperson came out. Hmm. So, so the close ratio of those leads was astronomical. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. So that shows the benefits of, of uh, using educational content. And in the IT business, we, we got tons of it. You could write for days and days and days because something new comes out every day. Um, and that, that can work in the same way of educating the customer to the point where they've already made up their mind. They're going to work with you before they even enter your shop. Right. Definitely. Yep. You warm up the, you warm up the client. So they're a warm lead instead of a cold lead when they, when they come to you. 
All right. So we're going to uh, be wrapping up here. Was there any other uh, online assets that you wanted to cover before we uh, head out? Okay, cool. So the website, the um, your SEO, your content marketing, and your email list. Um, what about like social media accounts and that kind of thing? Should that be considered as, as business assets as well? Absolutely. It's a, another distribution point for you for the rest of the stuff that you're working on. Right. So your email newsletter, your content from your blog, all of that can be distributed to those places. And some might wonder, well, why, why put it on Facebook? Why put it on Twitter and Twitter and why put it on Instagram? Well, people have their favorite places to go. And if, if you want to reach them where they're at, that's what you need to do. Right. Um, cool. And we have the link to that book. Um, they ask you answer, uh, and we'll have that in the show notes as well. And we, we just put that in the Facebook chat as well as, um, the link to the river pools and spas company website. So you can check out what they're doing there. Um, awesome. Well, uh, thanks so much for being on the show, Ramey. Um, we kind of pulled you in last minute, <laughs> uh, which is, which happens with these live shows. Sometimes, you know, the guest we had booked isn't able to make it. And we don't find that out until the last minute. So we appreciate you coming on. Um, where can folks find out more about uh, the services you provide? Techreputation.com. Reputation.com. Very so, easy. Ramey at techreputation.com is the email. Very easy. Cool. And that's R-A-M as in Mary, E-Y. Awesome. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. All right, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for being here. And we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you later. Thanks, guys. All right. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our second sponsor, and that's Tech Site Builder. You guys know Tech Site Builder is the place where you can get a website for your computer business up and running very easily, very quickly with little fuss or muss, but it's priced very affordably and you have control over what goes on the website. Um, because you're able to go on there and build it out yourself, or you can hire us to do it for you. Again, very affordably. And we take care of all the things we talked about on this show. Um, the SEO is uh, all of the schema markup and stuff is already done for you in the code of the website. We make the website very fast, so it loads quickly in Google. Um, we add uh, different things to the website to make people want to stay on it, interactive things. Um, we have Google Maps on there. Um, images, videos, all that stuff you can add to your uh, tech site builder website uh, to make it um, to make it you know very effective, to make it an effective asset for your IT business. Um, so check that out. Head on over to techsitebuilder.com. Also, uh, don't forget to join us in the Facebook group. We talked about the benefits of starting a Facebook group, but there's also benefits to joining Facebook groups where you can go learn from your peers, ask questions, give advice, and, you know, network with people who you might be able to trade services with, like we talked about. Uh, one such group is called the Computer Business Marketing Group on Facebook. Just head on over to techsitebuilder.com slash group or search for Computer Business Marketing in Facebook. Let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. Let us know what you think about this show in the comments below the show notes. Uh, we love to hear from you and we love to know what you think about the episodes over there on the website. And then uh, again, don't forget to join us in the Facebook group. Uh, we can't wait to see you there. And if you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review. We love to hear your feedback and every comment helps so that the podcast can be found by others. Finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors, Tech Site Builder and Tech Blog Builder. Thanks for checking out the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella. 
And this is Paco LeBron saying here's to your success. Your success.